You're listening to the Teak Nation Podcast, where we strive to educate, inspire, and entertain you with tips and lessons from frauders and friends of TKE. Welcome to the Teak Nation podcast. My name is Alex Swinson. It is Wednesday, March 23rd, and as is tradition, we're going to get right into the interview. Brought in Greg Roskopf. Most of you probably know Greg by this point. Uh, Greg is our chief risk officer at Teak headquarters and wanted to talk a little bit about the risk fee today. Uh, As again, most of you Hopefully, no, by now we are making some alterations to the risk fee, but um, thought it would be wise to bring Greg in and just share a little more insight on what the plan is and what the line of thinking was, the the decision-making process of the Grand Council and the staff as, as we've gone through and, uh, and, and altered what the risk fee will look like. So maybe not the most exciting content that we've ever produced the Teen Nation podcast, but extremely relevant and extremely important. And you know what, maybe I'm underselling it. Maybe it is the most exciting content we've ever produced. You're going to have to listen to find out. But um, this is, I think, a worthwhile half hour, 45 minutes of your time to just familiarize yourself with what's going on, especially if you are an undergraduate member, an officer, uh, an alumni volunteer, somebody who's going to have their hands directly in uh, budgeting and and finances and, and all of those things as you and your chapters work toward filling that carry scorecard out and uh, hopefully work toward a top T chapter. So um, we do get into some other pieces as well with Greg. It was a pleasure to have him on, I think, uh, his second appearance on the Teak Nation podcast, and we will get right into it. Greg Roscoff. Chief Risk Officer for TalkCab Epsilon. You know him as the e-compliance guy. Uh, I know him as Gregory Roscoff e-compliance guy how are you doing today i'm doing well alex had a uh, great month going to rlc and oh, yeah. spreading the good word about our chapters how they're doing and what they can uh, continue to do better in terms of their behavior and performance so yeah it's a great month yeah hopefully uh some of our listeners out there took advantage of the the rlc opportunities um we are here today to talk about a topic that i know is near and dear to everyone's heart the risk fee <laughs> And uh, we felt it was important to shed some light on it. Uh, Greg, I know you talked about it a little bit at the RLCs during your general session, but to just explain it a little more, we're going to be doing some webinars, some things that we'll cover later. But before we get into the mechanics, the nuts and bolts, the numbers, what was the process? What was the theory, the idea behind why we needed to overhaul this fee? Well, it's, it, uh, it goes back a couple of years and then fast forwards pretty quick here the last couple of months. So over the years, we've been asked by our members, you know, how can we do better with the risk fee? What can we do to lower our, our risk fee? What can we do to, to be in better control of our outcomes? And for, for quite some time now, we've had a, a flat fee and to, uh, to be more responsive to what the members are looking for, we looked at uh, what options and given the scenario coming out of the pandemic, we were able to, to do just that. And we went, went ahead and did some research and looked at how other fraternities are doing things and really spent the time investing in what are, what are the best in the business doing and how can we mirror that to give our members a, a better experience when it comes to their risk fee. And I think that's an important point. We're not just uh, willy-nilly pulling something out of our we don't use curse words on this program, but fill in the <laughs> blank, right? This is this is 
based on research, this is based on historical data, what other fraternities are doing, what our peers are doing, other fraternities on your campus, what their members are paying for similar services. Um, before we again go down the path, for those who aren't aware, what is the risk fee? What does it cover? Why does it exist? Yeah, the risk fee is, is there to, to protect the organization. And it's really comprised of three or four different buckets, if you will, that uh, go into comprising the risk fee. Everyone just thinks that they're, they're paying for insurance. Well, that's not necessarily true. You are putting those funds in that pays the premium that the fraternity pays. So not individuals don't get insurance, individual chapters, right? It's, it's done on the entire organization and then those entities are what are called named insured. So part of the risk fee goes to pay those premiums and that protects the organization. We then do some programming with that risk fee. We then offset some staff costs with that risk fee. And then we have our funds that we pay for legal cases, which is our, our insured reserve, uh, a deductible, if you will, that we have to, to incur those costs before the insurance policy kicks in. And we strategically look at that deductible to say, is this the right profile for the fraternity and, and go from there for the, for the proper billing. So it, it's, it's made up of, of multiple buckets, but it encompasses one fee. And again, we wanted that fee to be more responsive to our members' behavior. And that's why we arrived at where we're at today. Small plug for your money vehicle, for people who don't understand how insurance works, because Absolutely. this is, this is uh, Insurance 101. And something you mentioned there that I just want to I want to highlight because I don't think that it gets thought of, like you said, people just think they're paying for insurance, but the access that all of our members and alumni have to you, have to Joey Criswanos, you know, how many chapters, and I don't know if you have a number or can estimate a number, how many chapters have we, when I say we, I don't even mean myself, have you and Joey and, and, and James R. Favor helped to protect in, in, in some cases, keep operational that have come on hard times that have had incidents in the past, right? Like when we think about the risk fee, it's not just insurance, it's, hey, hopefully you never experienced this, but if someone were to accuse one of your members of a sexual assault or of hazing, and we need to go through our process to see what happened, that is part of this fee, right? Yeah, that's, that's what we do. Uh, we're a very responsive organization. Uh, we get that feedback from campuses all the time about how we we show up, right? When 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 the, the call comes in, our organization shows up. And that's, you know, that's myself, that's you, Alex, that's you know, all the volunteers that are out there. We we work together to make that happen. And I'll say, you know, it's been less groups yeah. over the last couple of years, but you know, we were experiencing, you know, quite a quite a few uh, in the 2014 to 2017 era. And uh, we've been able to to work with our groups. Our groups have responded with better behavior. That's come down, but uh, we definitely still go out and visit groups, are part of the campus conduct process, uh, partake in uh, the legal process when, when uh, so required. So yeah, I, some groups have taken advantage of, uh, of those services more than others, but at the end of the day, uh, we go to the people and that's what really separates us and helps keep those groups active, helps keep those groups alive, keeps the alumni uh, focused on what they need to be focused on. And, it's a, it's a team effort. So yeah, absolutely. With that in mind, then let's get into how this is going to look, how this is going to work. And I know sure. some of you are For probably sure. audio learners, some are visual learners, some like to write things down. There's going to be other opportunities that we'll talk about after this, but 
right now, right? Can you just explain what we're looking at, how things are going to be calculated, what our members should expect going into next year? Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, the three areas that we found in looking at the industry, looking at data from Faber and company, other fraternities, uh, just insurance in general, where, where exposure is coming from. The, the three areas when it relates to fraternity are the chapter facility, housing, uh, whether they're housed or not, uh, their claim and incident history, like what, what sort of things are they doing? Are they, are they causing claims? Are they avoiding claims uh, and incidents with the university? And then lastly, the operations of the group, how, how well is uh, the group operating in terms of their projected goals and their projected targets? So what the risk committee did was took all these factors into consideration, uh, took some out, put some more in, and came up with a formula that, uh, that, that adds to a base fee. And it starts with that, that $210 base Fee. Which has not changed, correct? Correct. That is the exact base fee that we've had for the, the last, you know, as far as I can remember, uh, and, and worked from there. So the first factor being a chapter facility in a house owned by a teak entity uh, will have an increase of $40 per man. Uh, rental owned by a third party will be 30 University house, 20 Lodge, 20 no official housing. There'll be no addition. So what we've seen uh, through our research and through the industry is that houses owned by teak entities tend to have a higher risk exposure. So that's where this is, this is coming from. Now, when I say that, there are ways in this to then lower that fee back down to 210 through proactive measures. So in the housing category, being a client of James R. Favor for your house insurance, for your property insurance, automatically lowers that by $15 because we're part owners in James R. Favor. It saves us in legal cost uh, significantly if you're a favorite client should there be a lawsuit. So what we want to do is pass that right back to those, those chapters, those house corporations that are using Favor and Company for, for their chapter facility. So that's where we're at this year. Uh, going into the future, we're going to look at things like substance-free housing. And if you look at the Fidelt exposure over the last 20 plus years, you know that they have substance-free housing and they've got significantly less claims uh, due, due to that status. So uh, housing is a big factor. It's the number one factor. So uh, that's why it's up front. The next area uh, that we looked at and, and I think is uh, very uniquely important is the claims and the incident history. So a group that has one claim or two claims is going to uh, pay more in a risk fee. Why? We're expensing more. Uh, the legal fees that we pay out uh, go towards that deductible. I was talking about that insurance reserve before. You know, those groups that are putting us into the situations, uh, we've experienced some, some pretty hefty legal bills over the last few years, and I don't want to get into all of that, but uh, having them put a little bit more into the fee helps level it out over the course of, uh, of the years here for the, for the other chapters. And the other big thing here we're looking at is if the university has given you outcomes, and I'm not talking about like you didn't meet grades and like, you know, you, you violated campus policy, fraternal policy when it comes to hazing or alcohol or those things, uh, then we do have an increase in the fee because what we've seen is that exposes us to, to higher risk and the groups that are behaving shouldn't have to pay for the groups that aren't. So those are the two areas I think where you're going to see uh, much more of an increase um, you know, if you're not doing things uh, that are, are really helping out. Uh, but ultimately, when we get down to the operational pieces is where groups can start to truly 
lower their fee. So the, the first area in that, and that we found to be consistent across the industry is uh, education. You know, groups that come to RLC, we see a, a significant decrease in their exposure, in the, the risk that they present and, and or them getting an incidence. So we've tiered it out. And for those groups that did not register, they will see an increase. And the groups that did register will see a, de a decrease. They'll get a discount on their risk fee up to $15 per man in their chapter if they registered 12 or more. So again, it's based on the number of people you bring out and the impact that those guys can have. Uh, a couple other areas where groups can, can really lower or see an increase if they choose not to is their KRA score. You know, that's, uh, that's them to compete against themselves. And uh, when they go out and, and achieve that high KRA score, they're going to see a reduction uh, up to $15 per person. So again, we talked earlier about the, the $40 increase. Well, if you're a favorite client, that's minus 15. If you get you know, 90% plus on your KRAs, that's minus 15. And then if you go ahead and do your e-compliance, you can get another minus 15. And actually you've taken away that entire $40 per person increase. So uh, e-compliance being another huge factor here. Um, it's a quick 20 minute video. I know you talked about me being on it, but for those groups that can get 90% or more of their guys, they're gonna see a decrease in their fee. And that's important. And we should reward those guys for doing what they're supposed to do. And the last thing on here, uh, very simply put, is having an AR balance, having a accounts receivable balance over 90 days uh, by May 15th, by the end of the year. You know, groups that are fiscally responsible are, are living the mission and they need to be rewarded for that as well. And we tend to see groups that have financial problems be the ones that um, put their charter at risk. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a key indicator. So, you know, we want our groups to be fiscally responsible and by doing so, they will not see an increase in their risk fee. So I know I went over a ton of pieces there. Uh, we've got a worksheet with this. We've got webinars coming up. Uh, happy to answer any questions that people may have. Happy to answer questions you have right now, but uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a simple formula if you just read through it. It doesn't need to be complicated. And as far as rollout goes, I know this is something that you have emphasized. Um, what does next year look like? The year beyond that, this this takes effect next school year, correct? Correct. Yeah. the The KRAs, everything will be finalized by May thirty first. So what we need to do is go through and audit all of those pieces, make sure all the information that we can get in is in, and then we'll set those targets at May thirty one. Of okay, this is where the group is at. Here's where things are going. So for example, if they had a claim history uh, of an incident you know, three years ago, that will fall off. So we need to go through and take a look at all those claims that we've had over the years to make sure that they're properly lined up. We'll contact James, our favor, to make sure our housing clients list is up to date. And obviously the e-compliance, the KRA score, all that stuff will be, will be finalized at that point. And then we can start to plug the, plug the formula and get going on what the fee is going to look like for for each chapter for fall of uh, fall of this year. And it's 50% the first year, correct? Correct. We are also phasing this in at 50%. So groups that uh, do not perform and will see a higher fee, it will actually be phased in at 50%. So it gives them that opportunity to not have to see such a hard, harsh increase. Uh, and then the groups that are going to get bigger discounts, that'll get phased in uh, over the course of the following year. So go through the whole formula and you find out that you are going to pay uh, two, you know, base fees 210, but after the formula, uh, it's 230, it would only be 220 next year. Correct. correct? Yep. And Absolutely. then vice versa, if your, your fee was actually 180, you drop $30 off, you're only going to get that $15 
for the next year. So it would be 195. Yes, we okay. need to see how the formula yep. works, need to adjust it, but uh, want to put the power in the hands of the members to, to do their best. As far as the worksheet goes, the resources, all of that, where can that be found? Yeah, great question. We were going to be messaging out to all of the alumni, all of the uh, alumni advisors and all the chapters over the course of the next couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for social media, be on the lookout for emails, be on the lookout for just different postings, webinars, those, those pieces. It will all be posted on the website on teak.org. And like I said, we're going to be doing some webinars and, and pieces along those lines. Uh, if you had someone from your chapter go to RLC, um, a, a sheet is in the RLC book that has much of this in there. There were some tweaks that had to be made over the over the course of the month just to, to clarify some things, but uh, it, it more or less is going to be pretty correct. Uh, and if you got questions on it, uh, come to one of those webinars or send us a message and um, they're, they're going to start, uh, you know, what what is next week from today uh, and get the information out to the alumni and then we'll do some more for the, uh, the collegiate members towards the end of the month and we don't want to interfere with spring break and all the all the good times that has to that's right um important to note right now it's march 3rd by the time this releases there may be some information out there already but um since we record on a different cadence um just something to be aware of for for the listeners out there um you talked about the webinars i think that's very important if you have questions if you have concerns if you want to um you know just have a chance to talk to the e-compliance guy face to face you didn't go to the rlc um that's your opportunity so take advantage of that we are putting those out there for the members, for the alumni, for all of you that are going to be affected by this. So don't don't come back to us a year from now and say, I didn't have a chance to talk about this. I didn't have a chance, right? Like it, we're, we're providing that opportunity, that information will be posted. But um, I think that's important to get as much attendance there as possible because we need to share this out so that all of the members of Teak are, are aware of the changes that are coming. Yeah, I see it as a huge positive. Uh, and then we want people to engage with it because it'll empower them to, to do more and better for their chapter. It'll help us get rid of all these official, unofficial, sorry, unofficial houses that, you know, attract you know, poor behavior. It'll help distance you know, groups from, from that. It'll help uh, drive our conference attendance and, and help people get educated. And all this really goes back into our risk profile. It helps us lower the frequency and severity of the claims that come out there. It helps position the chapters better on campus and ultimately enriches their experience. So we're being, we're being as intentional as we can with it and to want to empower the, the members to, to do more with their fraternal experience. Yeah, and I think the, the most important thing is that every single chapter in TEEK has an opportunity to lower their risk fee off of $210, whether you exactly. own a house, whether you've had claims, if you are operating the right way, if you are utilizing JR Favor for your insurance, if you're doing e-compliance, you can save money. Now, as we know, Greg, not everyone will do that. Correct. But that is the opportunity at hand here. And so there is incentive to send people to RLCs. There is incentive to achieve greatness on your KRA scorecard or any compliance or whatever to, to, to get current on accounts receivable. The, the risk fee this year and for the last several years, I don't know how far back it goes, right. has been $210. There's a very good chance that this time next year, you will not be paying $210 for your risk fee. If you have gone through and done the things, and when I say not paying 210, I mean less than that. If you've done right. the things that we need to see our chapters do to operate at a high level. So I agree with you. I think it's a good thing. I think it's, it's the right time to incentivize the positive behaviors that we want to see. 
anything else on the risk fee? Um, any other pieces to be aware of? Context, perspective? No, I just want everyone to know we, uh, we put the work in uh, on behalf of the organization. The, the risk committee did a, a really good job of looking at all the factors and hearing from industry experts and, and you know, Frater Vesio put, put us to task and made it sure that we did it the right way. And it was not something that we just threw together in a spreadsheet. It was many thoughtful uh, conversations and, and meetings and uh, really focusing on the members. I can, I want to applaud the, the members of the, the Grand Council and the Risk Committee for really looking at the membership and, and what they can do to help help those young, our young men uh, more be more empowered. So, and ultimately, like I said, at RLC, it boils down to leadership. Leadership matters. Uh, people's behavior drives the outcomes, and that's what we're focusing on. We want to see our men live, live the ritual and advance the mission in the best way possible. And this is just one way that they can do it, along with many other ways. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, an even better fraternity experience. Appreciate the time here today, and happy to answer people's questions over webinars or emails or however it is. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate the updates, the information. Again, keep an eye out for those webinar invitations for the, the information we're putting up on teak.org. Um, by the time this airs, uh, I think it will be up in public. And then from there, it's just a matter of having the conversations that need to take place. So uh, appreciate it. We'll let you get back to, you know, filming next year's e-compliance, I'm assuming. That's what we're off to. Next, uh, next e-compliance, uh, Leadership Academy and Conclave. So see you guys all soon. And of course, we want to thank Gregory one last time for his knowledge and energy and, and effort. Um, and I will just tell you from working with Greg throughout the years, uh, there are very few people out there, I think, who do what they do better then he does what he does at, at TK headquarters, if that makes sense. He truly is an expert in risk and compliance, and um, he has immersed himself in that world to make himself an expert. And uh, I think we could all learn a lot about how he goes about his job, how he goes about his day, um, how he has gathered the knowledge that he has gathered that allows him to do his job at such a high level. So please do use Greg as a resource. Um, he has decades of experience. He's someone who uh, I lean on directly for a lot of things as well when I have questions because uh, he's been around the block a time or two. So thank you to Greg again for sharing, uh, for being a part of the program. And that is all for us today. So please make sure you smash that like button, subscribe, like, uh, share on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Maybe do a TikTok dance, a Teak Nation podcast theme song. Uh, that can be the new challenge out there. It might be something fun, something to think about. Um, but please do make sure that you are the first to know whenever there's a new episode available of the Teak Nation podcast. Thank you again. We'll talk to you soon.